Okay, so we have Daniel Hickman on the show. Daniel, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Go as long as you want on this, but you know, kind of give us a quick little intro. You know, who you are, what you're about, what you've been up to. Yeah, so um, I started doing photography um, a couple of years ago. Um, it was actually kind of sudden, so I actually have always lived in the South, uh, good old near Talladega, Alabama, as Southern as you can honestly make it. And um, I actually went to college in undergrad and grad school for accounting. So completely, absolutely different than photography. Um, And realized really quick that I didn't want to do that for the rest of my life. Um, And it wasn't actually until I actually began grad school that I picked up a camera for the first time and just started taking some photos. Um, And next thing I knew, I, I loved doing it. And people liked what I was doing and liked my work, which was crazy to me. Um, and at the time, just kind of, um, I was actually working an internship in Florida for accounting. So I was like making a little bit of money to put into buying like actual camera equipment and investing in myself. And next thing I knew, I mean, it just kind of honestly just blew up out of nowhere. Um, and by the time I got out of grad school, which was about a year, I was able to go full time this past July. Um, and absolutely love it. But yeah, I kind of went to college for absolutely no reason. Gotta love that. And (laughs) Now am living, yeah, in Charlotte, North Carolina, living the dream, full-time wedding photographer. Um, yeah, I couldn't ask for anything, anything different than that. So when you first got your start or you're in grad school and you like were thinking about getting a camera, was it just, hey, I'm kind of bored right now. I'm going to do like a, get a new hobby. Or was this something that you're like, I could possibly do this as a career? Like how did, what was that kind of mindset or, or walk me through that? No. Yeah. So at first, it 100% was a hobby. It was um, my roommate at the time was like, hey, I had this super old Canon camera. She was like, hey, let's like go take some photos. We live at the beach. Like, will you take some pictures of me? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I'd seen I'd been following some photographers and seeing people using like presets and stuff like that. So I was like, sure, I'll go buy like a $2 preset offline. I don't I don't know anything about this Lightroom, nothing about it. Just messed around with some photos of her and she and I loved doing it. Like I loved the entire process and was like, this is really fun. Um, and I'd always kind of loved like creative stuff. Like I I was really into art in high school and kind of thought that's what I would do in college and just didn't pan out. And just several different creative outlets I've always loved, but nothing that I felt super confident in, I guess. And photography was one of those first things that I was like, okay, I actually feel like I'm pretty good at this. Um, and so once I kind of felt that, I, I still wasn't ever considering it full time. I was thinking, okay, I can make a little bit of side money. Like when I get done with my internship, like kind of have this on the side, even when I, you know, have a job in accounting and can do this on the weekends. Um, but it wasn't until I actually invested in some good equipment and invested in like my knowledge and was like doing research on, you know, like shooting a manual and um, just different like posing and how to market yourself and stuff like that, that I started realizing one, like you can actually do this and make a career out of it. Because to me, I, I never thought there was really money in photography whatsoever. I thought it was kind of just a hobby. People really didn't do it as a career. And if they did, they would kind of be struggling. And I realized like if you did it the right way, you can actually make a full-time career out of it. And once I think I realized that probably, I would say six months into doing it kind of like on a hobby basis and level that I realized, hey, I, I want to do this full-time and I can do this full-time. Um, but yeah, it definitely didn't start as me wanting to pursue it full time. It just kind of started as I never even thought that was accomplishable, if that makes sense. I just thought it was unachievable. So, um, but once I did, it, it took off. And I think, um, Megan, Megan, Aaron, Megan Wells now, she 
really was a big inspiration to me when I was um, starting out because she went to went to Troy with me. Um, she took some photos of me and I just had been following her for a while and realized she was big on putting yourself out there, going the extra mile, putting in the work and then it'll all pay, pay off and that if you want something bad enough, you can achieve it. And I think I definitely attribute a lot of why I worked as hard as I did and why I am full time now to her, honestly, um, and just seeing, hey, she did it. So maybe I can do this, too. Um, but yeah, it definitely didn't start as that. But I'm, I'm glad that it has ended in that direction, I guess you could say. And kind of learning the the skills of photography and, you know, I'm sure knowing accounting definitely helped your the business aspect. What was kind of what was one kind of breakthrough moment or what was something that you were just struggling with so much as a photographer? And then kind of, there was this kind of aha moment or this huge breakthrough that you had. Um, I think one of the biggest things was um, wedding photography. Um, that was kind of a huge I want to say obstacle that I was just always afraid. I was like, oh, I I can't do weddings. Like that's just a huge commitment, a huge responsibility. Um, As far as the business side went, I've I've always, I felt pretty confident in in the aspects of that as far as um, getting legal, um, taxes go. I always felt kind of, kind of confident in that sense. But the idea of tackling an entire wedding on my own was absolutely terrifying. Um, And it took shoot, it took probably four or five weddings for me to start to feel any sort of like confidence going into a wedding day. And even still now I've done close to 30 or over 30 weddings and I still go into a wedding nervous and terrified that I forgot something or I'm not going to remember something or I'm going to mess up something and not be able to, to do it correctly. But I think the biggest, I guess, aha moment was after I finished my first wedding, realizing like, okay, this is absolutely incredible. I just captured somebody's day that they're going to look at these photos years from now on. Like my work, they're going to hang up in their house. They're going to show their kids. They're going to show their grandkids. And um, I think that was one of the biggest obstacles was putting myself out there to do a wedding. But once I did, it was absolutely, absolutely incredible um, and not near as terrifying as I anticipated in my head of it being. So give me the kind of lead up to that first wedding you were because, you know, I'm sure you were just shooting anything and everything leading up to that point. And then you had to kind of make the I don't want to say the the branding or marketing commitment, but you had to make some kind of uh, commitment to your potential new clients that, hey, I'm a wedding photographer. This is what I do. How did you tell me about the kind of lead up to that first wedding and, you know, that the the day of Mm -hmm. the day after all of that? Yeah. So my first actual wedding was honestly only about four months after I picked up a camera. And at the time, I t- it was actually a friend of mine. It was a very small like backyard wedding, nothing serious. I literally think I charged her a hundred bucks. I was, cause I told her, I was like, look, I don't have good equipment. I know nothing about this. The, I was just very straight honest where I was like, I've never done a wedding. I would never do a wedding. Like at the time, I didn't feel like I was qualified experience wise. And my gear wasn't up to par of what it should have been for a wedding. But she was like, dude, I trust you. I've seen your stuff. I want you to shoot it. I don't care. And so I was like, yep, okay, 100 bucks. That's that's all I'm charging. Because if I jack this up, at least you're not going to like lose any money out of it, basically. So um, I did that one. I, I showed up, I mean, as early as I could possibly get there. I think I got there, honestly, before the bride did. Got the getting ready shots, all of that. Um, and 
I still remember having a list on my phone. I had watched so many YouTube videos of like what shots to get for a wedding, how to get these shots. Like I was like research over research, had a whole list on my phone of like shots I needed to get, shots I wanted to get um, and kept like referring to that throughout the day. And thankfully, she was so understanding and so chill. Like I said, I, I told her, I was like, I've never done one of these. So this will be learning for both of us. Um, and it, it ended up really a lot better than I'd anticipated it. Um, and so she was my, my first ever wedding afterwards. I mean, she loved the photos. I was terrified, absolutely terrified, but it, it ended up pretty going pretty well. And I used kind of that same method for the next few weddings after that. And and I would say it took me a good six, seven months, even after that to really start marketing myself as a wedding photographer. I did, I did probably five or six weddings for people way under undercharging them um, and letting them know up front, like, hey, I have not had much experience in this. Do you still want me to shoot your wedding? And being just super transparent with them until I felt to a point comfortable enough to like say, okay, I can go into a wedding day with the best of the best gear, with good knowledge of what shots I need to get and feel confident in that. And um, coming up with like a even a day of timeline for the bride, knowing how long things take um, and kind of walking her through that whole entire process from start to finish from when she books me to the wedding day. Um, so yeah, it, it, I did several weddings for little to nothing um, and did not, I think, brand myself as a wedding photographer until probably yeah five or six weddings in that I felt confident enough to start my own. Um, one big thing that I do and wish I'd have done more of and really tried to, it just photography just kind of came on me so quick that I really didn't have a whole lot of time to, but um, it's second shoot weddings. 100% recommend any photographers who are starting out to do that because that gives you the idea and the feel of an entire wedding day without the stresses of a primary photographer and a primary shooter. Um, I have only second shot one wedding and it was with um, Megan last December. Um, and I and I had reached out to photographers and let them know, like, hey, if you need a second shooter, I'm here. I would love to second shoot. But unfortunately, it just never really happened. I never really got the opportunities besides that one with Megan. And then this year, it kind of got to the point where um, I'm booking enough weddings on my own that I don't really have Saturdays open for to be a second shooter for anybody else, um, which is incredible. And I'm super blessed by that. But yeah, I definitely wish... I would have had the opportunity to second shoot more to kind of get comfortable shooting weddings and the whole idea behind a wedding before actually jumping headfirst into wedding photography in general. Yeah, you're you're totally self-taught. You, don't, you didn't have that chance to kind of learn the best practices or yeah. w- what a, quote, professional photographer does. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Tell me about how you are, how do you kind of now build out your packages? Are you is it just you or are you starting to add a second shooter yourself or how do you kind of how do you kind of break it down? I have kind of adjusted my packages a good bit over the past year, but um, I've kind of got it set now to where I um, just offer an eight and 10 hour package, which I, I do with all my couples. I include like a free engagement session because to me, like I want to get to know them before their wedding day. I don't want to show up on your wedding day and say, hey, nice to meet you. I'm Danielle and I'm going to photograph the biggest day of your life, but I've never met you. Um, so I do like a engagement session to that way I get to meet the couples beforehand. And it's like a thank you to them for booking me. Um, and I actually include a second shooter with both of my wedding packages. So the, the couple doesn't pay for that. I, I cover the second shooter cost on my own. Um, and I have, I have about five or six different uh, primary photographers that I work with that I kind of use as second shooters. Um, 
at least uh, this year. Last year, I had about two that I, I primarily used, but this year I've, I've trusted a few other photographers to kind of come and second shoot with me um, for wedding days. But yeah, that that's pretty much how I've broken it down and what I feel like has worked um, best this past year, I think, and going forward as far as my packages go. I want to be greedy or, or another way to say, I want to piggyback off that you knowing accounting yeah. How has that affected your photography or like when you're building these packages or when you are talking about pricing with your photographer or mm-hmm. sorry, with your clients? Uh, what does the mind of an accountant look like <laughs> yeah. when you're when you're kind of presenting these these wedding packages? So I think as far as like accounting goes and I kind of try to separate that as far as like when, my, when I'm talking to my clients, like with my clients, I, I try to be super understanding about prices because I know that, you know, I may not be in everyone's budget or I may not work for everyone and try to be super mindful and uh, give them options as sort of like payment plans. So I, I do payment plans if they want to break up the payment so it doesn't look as intimidating right off the bat. Um, but as far as I guess pricing myself goes and accounting goes, it it is good that I I have that background because when I'm, you know, giving out my, my prices, it's, I'm also considering, you know, how much of that is going to go towards taxes. Like I'm going to have to upcharge that because at the end of the year I'm, I'm paying taxes for what I'm making. Um, setting back aside a percentage for like retirement, for example, um, and stuff like that. So that's all going through my mind when I price myself to my clients and then just presenting that in a way that's not intimidating to them and letting them know that I'm here to work with them no matter what that looks like um, as far as their budget goes. If there's somebody that I, I really connected with and I really um, think is not just price shopping, I guess you could say for photographers, but mm-hmm. actually wants me as a photographer, um, I'm there to work for, with all of them. But yeah, as far as accounting goes, I would say that that definitely has helped as far as me pricing myself and looking at it over like a year long basis of what I'm making and what I need to um, price myself as. Accounting mistakes that you see other photographers make, or I'm sure, you know, I'm sure you've seen a lot of bad accounting advice on Instagram. Like yeah. what, what are the kind of the red flags that stick out or, hey, young photographers, watch out for this? Yeah, I think one of the biggest biggest things and and it's not really I guess red flags it's just people not being um educated in the fact of I've had a lot of photographers um come to me and I like offer mentorships and stuff like that um but a lot of people just not knowing anything about taxes and going into it thinking that they either don't even have to pay it or um forgetting things like like miles I'm like I tell everyone keep up with your miles like anything anywhere that you go business related track those because you can you know, you can deduct those at the end of the year. Um, same thing with like meals, like so 50% of your meals is deductible and just things that people don't know and don't, um, I guess, take into account at the end of the year, they lose a lot of money because of it, because they try to do it on their own. They don't get advice from an actual accountant and they ended up losing money because of that. But I, I think I'm trying to think one of the biggest things or false things that I've seen, I'm, I can't seen a pimple. I know there are so many. But yeah, I, I see. I see so many bad TikTok LLC advice, or oh yeah, it's just like you can deduct this. Like it's, it's like I, you probably could technically deduct this, but uh, I don't know if that's legal or if that's tax fraud. <laughs> that's legal. Yeah, yeah, that's probably very true. Just people assuming things, and one big thing that I think people assume is, you know, if you buy a computer, for example, like okay, I bought my computer, so I use or 
not even the computer, like my camera. Okay, I can deduct that. That's that's a business expense. Um, but people assume, okay, if, so if I owe six thousand dollars in taxes this year and I spent three thousand on a camera, that means I only owe three thousand in taxes, which is incorrect because you know what I mean. So I think that's one of the biggest things is people thinking, oh, as long as I buy it for business and it's free, and I just get every single penny of that money back, and that's not true whatsoever. Um, but again, it, it's not irritating. It's just like, to me, it's like sad because people don't know that and they're going out and, you know, just spending money on all this equipment thinking that they're going to get every cent of that back when that's just not how it works. Um, that's probably one of the, the only things besides just people sadly not knowing little tips and tricks on deductions that you can take. And then at the end of the year, losing a lot more money and not being able to um, invest back in their business all that they could. That's probably the saddest thing. But like I said, I I love one of the biggest things I started doing this past year is um, mentor sessions. And also me and another photographer friend of mine um, do these workshops where, you know, people come, photographers from all over. We made it a really cool place, spend about three days teaching, going through taxes, marketing, branding, everything. Um, and then do content as well. And that has been one of the funnest things for me, just seeing that come to life and being able to use my degrees in college and what I went to school for to benefit other people and I guess excel their business in a sense. Um, I, I absolutely love education 100%. One of my favorite no, things I th- about it. I, th- I think it's fantastic. The best, I say the best way to learn something is to teach it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you get that immediate feedback or if what you're saying isn't clear, then your students or your audience is just going to be like, I don't get this or this doesn't make sense. Then you've got to rework your argument, rework your, you know, whatever your lesson plan is from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with with that kind of mentoring and, and the coaching, what have you seen? Yeah, I want to ask like... It's, it's almost a simple question to say, like, what are the top questions that you're seeing or what are your students coming to you with the most? What are those kind of hot burning questions that you see a lot of photographers have? I think the number one question that I've seen with most photographers and um, especially beginning photographers is more of like not as much of a question as in lack of confidence over their skills. Um, one of the biggest things is Lightroom. And um, I think... The number one thing that I do with any mentorship and number one thing that people want to see is live editing. So I go through and, you know, we completely go through editing a photo from from nothing to to everything and kind of going through those Lightroom settings adjustments. And at the end of it, they'll just tell me they'll be like, OK, that that was actually super helpful because I thought I was just doing it completely wrong from the get go, just because maybe they're not completely confident in their editing skills and Lightroom can be completely overwhelming at times if you don't know what you're doing. And um, I would say that is the number one biggest question and hurdle that people have in mentorships um, with me. But once we go through it, most 99.9% of them feel 100% better um, about their skills. And, and like, okay, well, I actually wasn't doing as bad as I thought then. Um, but I, th- I think it's easy to get in your own head um, as a photographer and it's and it's easy to get caught up in this comparison, um, especially through Instagram these days. It's like I, I try to tell all my mentorships and all and all my mentees is, you know, you can go look at my Instagram and be like, oh, 
she's incredible, whatever, whatever they say about me. And, but I try to tell them you're only looking at the best of the best of my photos. The it's Instagram is a highlight reel of your favorite, most prized photos. You don't get to see the hours that I cannot get an edit right on a photo. And it's just ticking me off. And I am just fed up and, or the galleries that I'm like, oh, I wish I had done this different, or I wish I'd have done this like this and the frustration. Um, so you got to remember that, you know, Everyone has days when we don't feel extremely confident in our abilities and um, where we are in our photography journey. Um, And we all take different steps to get there, but we're all in the same boat of at times being our own worst critics, I guess. Um, So I think that's that's the number one important thing that I try to relay to to all my mentees is we're all in this together. We all struggle. Um, So just because you know, Instagram can, can make it look like everything's great and fine and dandy. It's, it's not all the time. Um, and I think once, once I relay that to them, it kind of relieves a lot of their stress and then they can 100% go into their business with a different mindset. When you say that question that they say like, oh, I'm not, oh, I'm not editing this right. I'm not editing. It's like, it's a software, it's a craft, it's an art form, it's yeah. a style. It's like, there's no, it's right like saying that. like, how do I edit this video? It's like, well, there's no right way to edit. Uh-huh. It's just, you, the the part of the question you're leaving out is how do I edit to look like you or how do I edit to be like everybody else? It's like, yeah. there's, yeah, that's, that, that, I won't say that makes me sad, but it's like, I feel there's, they're leaving out that last part of the question. Yeah. It's like, how, I'm comparing myself to others or exactly. I want, oh, I'm editing like you now. Okay, great. Now I'm doing it right. Yeah, exactly. Yep. That's the biggest thing. And, and, you know, everyone has completely different styles and, I can look at somebody who, you know, may edit their photos very different than mine. I mean, I have a really good friend of mine and he is absolutely a wizard when it comes to editing. He, his style is immaculate, like his, his color correction and, but it it looks completely different than what I would edit like, but I can look at his stuff and be able to recognize like, oh, that's his style and he owns it and he kills it and does an incredible job at it. And that is, that is him and it reflects him. Um, so as long as there's confidence in what you're doing and consistency and who you are and you're editing the way you want to. And like you said, creating that it's a form of art at the end of the day. And all that matters is that you like what you're putting down. Um, and as long as you're confident in that, people who also like that will, will show up for you. Um, it's the second that you try to imitate someone else's work or become someone that you're not, that your business can can take a hit from that, I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, it's super, super important to be authentic in your editing, in your marketing, in your branding. And at the end of the day, people people hire you for you. I mean, they, they love your photos, love your edits, but at the end of the day, they want someone they can connect with, somebody that they can honestly call more of like a friend from, from my experience and what I've seen um, through my two years of doing it. And yeah, I try to, I guess, show that to all of my all the beginner photographers that I that I talk to. What's the hardest part about running your business? I would probably say um, time management. That time is management. something I am not the greatest at. Anybody you probably who knows me will say Danielle absolutely is awful at managing her time and taking off days. Um, yeah, I have this great fun habit of thinking there's like eight of me or that there's like 70 something hours in the day and then I can get done a whole lot more than what I can actually get done. Um, which leads me to overbooking myself or 
you know, yeah, I can, I can take a shoot in Florida today and then tomorrow I can drive back to Alabama and take two shoots tomorrow. And then I can drive back to Georgia and do two shoots the next day. Like, yeah, no big deal. And then I get down to it happening. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually a lot of driving, a lot of time. Then I got to edit. Then I've got to find some time to downtime, to eat, to clean, to live my life. Um, so I'd say managing my time evenly as far as shoots go, editing goes, and just everyday life is probably the the hardest thing. Um, Because any other normal job, I mean, it's eight, you know, nine to five, you're there. When you go home, you don't have to think about it till the next day. Um, And with photography, it's, you know, some days I can can take off the entire day, but the next day I work from 8 a.m. till midnight. Um, So, yeah, I I would say managing time is is huge, is a huge struggle for me. Like, what's been your best tip to try to solve that? Or do you have to, like, put set alarms on your phone? Or, like, what have you done to try to, you know, work on your time management? Yeah, um, definitely setting aside specific times for for different tasks. So I try and I, I'm not perfect at it. But the days that I am not traveling and not shooting, I try to say, okay, if I wake up at 7am, then from seven to, you know, 10, I'm going to do nothing but edit. I'm not going to answer DMs. I'm not going to answer emails. I'm just strictly going to edit. And then, you know, block off some time for lunch. And then when I get back, I say, okay, I'm going to take an hour to respond to emails, DMs, text, anything like that from potential clients, from clients, um, and then set off more time to edit and finish up what I need to do. So blocking off times and kind of checking those off um, on like a little list, I think is has helped me a ton um, because it can be easy to what I was doing this past year was just whenever I had free time, I would sit down, I would edit whether that be 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, um, and not really have like a set time. So it was easy for it to kind of get all jumbled and pushed off and um, just set to the side. Um, But this year I've made more realistic goals. So last year I was super just wanting to be like a yes woman to everyone. Wanted to say yes to every shoot, to every place. I hated having to say no. And I hated getting photos back to like later than what I I thought was late. Um, So... This year, I've kind of pushed back my estimated gallery delivery time just because I felt like I was rushing edits and I was rushing galleries this past year and um, didn't want to do that because even if it takes me you know, a week longer, I still want to be able to give quality work to my clients. Um, so I've kind of set those boundaries and given myself more time to, to edit and put in the work, the quality work that I think that my clients deserved. Um, like I said, yeah, still working on as far as the traveling goes. I... I travel a whole lot more than I would like. I think I I love traveling, but this year, especially in my move, I have the majority of all of my weddings are in Alabama this year. So I'm traveling 14 hour round trip most weekends uh, for weddings back home. So that takes out a good chunk of my time. And so just trying, just trying to manage that around traveling and life and editing, I think is, is definitely tricky for me at least the business person in me goes like just outsource it or just like just mm-hmm. outsource outsource your editing yeah. like do something <laughs> oh yeah I've had so many people so many photographers recommend that but the thing to me is I actually absolutely love the editing process like to me that is one of my favorite things about photography so I don't think I could ever I wouldn't say I would never outsource but as long as I have the time to edit and can make the time and not, you know, get back galleries two months after the wedding, that would be outrageous. But um, 
kind of get still have time to put in the quality work, I don't think I would ever, I don't think I would outsource until it got to the point where I was like, okay, I don't, I literally don't have time to do this. And I trust this person um, to do this. Um, But yeah, that's, that's, that's tricky. I I love editing. I I don't know. Most photographers will say that's probably their most hated part about photography, but I absolutely, I love it. Okay. One question I have now, kind of looking, looking towards the, I'm always curious about marketing strategies, uh, what's working for photographers, what's not working for photographers. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about your your business marketing strategy. What have you seen that's worked? What have you seen something on the horizon that you want to try out? My biggest marketing tool right now is Instagram, 100%. I'd say 80% of my clients, um, wedding and just regular couples come from Instagram of some sort, whether that's they found me on Instagram, they found me through a friend on Instagram. Um, that 100% has been my number one source. Facebook is also a good tool that I've used. I got on TikTok. Um, haven't really done a whole lot with TikTok yet. Um, but I would say Instagram is huge for me. Um, one big thing that I think I guess has helped in that aspect is I try to be super transparent on all social medias. And like I said earlier, like I, w- I want couples to hire me because of me. Like, I, I mean, yeah, because of my work, but I want, you know, somebody to say, hey, I saw in your bio where you lo- where you freaking love Chipotle. Like I do too. Like, let's be friends. Um, and to just kind of connect with me on that energy level, because they will be like my kind of people that I want to work with. Um, so trying to be super transparent, I feel like has really been beneficial in one of my marketing strategies that I use is to be super transparent. And I would say reaching out to people on Instagram, like influencers and stuff like that has been huge. Um, Especially like since I've just moved to Charlotte, for example, I have reached out to influencers all throughout Instagram, like, hey, you're really cute. I would love to take photos of you for free. All you'd have to do is post one and tag me in it just for, for content or for, um, I guess, exposure into this new community. So reaching out to higher level followers from the areas that I'm trying to market in, giving them a free service in exchange for, you know, exposure has been absolutely huge. Um, giveaways, giveaways is, is one big thing that I have seen have a lot of success in the past that I try to do a good bit of without overdoing it. Um, yeah, being super transparent. One big thing that I have done with photography that I feel like is super not typical a lot with photographers. And again, I don't think there's a right or wrong way. This is just what's worked for me is I'm very easy to communicate. So in the, a lot of photographers, I guess, will kind of direct people if they, if people DM them or text them, they'll kind of direct them to their website to like fill out a contact form and do all this extra stuff. And to me, I want to be the photographer that I'm looking at or looking for and making that process as simple as possible because I've been there where I've been looking for a photographer, found one. Her contact form is 80 questions long. By the end of it, I'm just not even interested anymore. Um, And then she sends me her prices, but it's through email and it's through this ginormous guide that I have to search through just to figure out how much I'm paying. Um, So what I've done is 
I kind of have like these um, PDFs that I keep on my phone. Super simple. If somebody reaches out, I'll reach back out, say, hey, thank you so much for inquiring with me. Here are my packages. I would absolutely love to chat more with you about this. Um, And for anybody ever inquiring about weddings, I try to get them on the phone immediately. So I try to say, hey, dude, like let's let's FaceTime. I would love to just get to know you and chat more about this. Um, And that I feel like has been super effective for people booking quickly um, and being more than excited that it was kind of like a simple process to where I just laid out what I offered um, first and foremost and who I was and kind of made it a simple process for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's absolutely 100% the strategy to do, to do because it's because people, when they want to shop, they want to buy, they want to buy it right now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of photographers that take the idea of being exclusive a little too far mm-hmm. where it's almost like, uh, you know, this kind of castle wall around their business. And you're like, look, I just, I, I'm ready to book right now. But, yeah. and if you, and if you're a photographer that can, yeah, pick up the phone or reply with, have you tried, like, I'm always curious about DM strategies. Like, do you reply with video? Do you reply with audio or do you just do text? Like, how do you make it as quick and personable yeah. a, as possible? So I have done text and audio and I kind of, do it based on the vibe that I get them initially. Sometimes I can tell when somebody really is just like kind of price shopping. If they're just like, hey, I'm interested in a couple of sessions. What are your packages? And with them, I kind of just do the text, like very like business oriented mindset. I kind of think that's what they're looking for as well. But there are some people that are like, like I said earlier, um, hey, girl, I've followed you for ever now. I absolutely love your work. I love Chipotle too. Me and my boyfriend talk about you all the time, blah, blah, blah. Like, I would love to set up a couple session with you. Then I either get them on the phone or I respond with a voice like audio message like, oh, my gosh, you just made my day. This is incredible. Um, I would love to work with you guys and kind of make it super personable um, for them. And like I said, I feel like replying with an audio message sometimes can steer people away or like freak them out. So I just kind of, I guess, assess the situation and what that person is kind of, I feel like, wanting um, as a response. So it, it can go both ways, honestly. That, that's funny. Like, oh, it's too too much too soon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I'm, like, I'm not trying to like be overbearing or like, you know, be like, please book me now. I, I, w- I want to take your photos. So mm-hmm. just kind of assess what they're kind of going after and what, what their vibe is, I guess. Okay, Daniel. So the future you, future Danielle, what does that look like? And then, uh, and then also you can kind of wrap us up like where we can find your work. Yeah. So I, um, I'm not a planner. So my future probably consists of like what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, No, but honestly, I never see myself not doing photography. It is something that throughout life, I think I have really hoped and prayed for um, some kind of like, I guess, revelation of, of what my life can consist of and how I can kind of make an impact in my community and the people around me. Um, and I think that photography has 100% been that for me. Um, I, yeah, see myself forever taking photos of people and capturing the most important parts of their lives. Uh, it is an actual blessing to be able to have the freedom to plan my own schedule. And then when I, when I do work, I don't, I don't feel like I'm working. I feel like it is an honor Every wedding that I get to capture, every couple that I get to capture, every family, newborn session, um, it's a blessing to me. Um, so in the future, I, I would love to just continue traveling for photography 100%, um, doing weddings for the rest of my life. Um, 
And yeah, just making any sort of impact that I can around the people around me and just showing love to people and yeah, making them feel a little bit better about themselves and being a light in the world in some capacity. So yeah, that's where I see myself. Perfect. All right. Now do your little, uh, do your little plug. This is your commercial work. Let me find your work, websites, all that. Um, you can find the majority of my work on, um, Instagram, uh, at underscore Danielle Photog. Um, I also have a website you can go to and view more work of mine, uh, com. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's cool. all I am. <laughs> yeah. All right, Danielle, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.